hey, it's the Almond Gunter experience. Here I am with the Sleepy Man. Yeah, once the again. Almond Gunter. Oh, yeah, we back. We back in the That's lab, man. Get ready to drop another one, man. Season two is already off to a good start. I'm yeah. really liking it. Yeah, yeah. Like it. We talked about this focus for this season is the game of life and tying what we are doing in the athletic arena to the arena of life and really making those connections really tight. Why are sports even important? And why are we talking about sports? Because we went so long without having some really exciting sports to talk about, and, you know, through COVID. And, right. and now here we are, and it's just ramped up. Well, I, well, you know, it's funny because, number one, I think that sports are important for most people because they need an outlet, right? And I think a lot of people uh, look at sports, and it's a great way for them to be a part of the action. Mm -hmm. So let's just say you're a person who you're not very athletic, right? But you pick great sports teams, and it's just the energy. So think about when a, a, a team wins the Super Bowl or a team wins the, the national championship, how the city goes nuts. You know, they goes, you know, there's a lot of energy, people are out yelling and shouting. So I think sports for a lot of people is just a good way to blow off steam, right? It's a good way to feel like I'm such a part of the action. Um, you know, we were talking about when COVID first hit in 2020. I'm going to tell you right now, I think if you don't have the college football season, if you don't have the NFL season in the fall of 2020, I'm not real sure what America would have turned into. Because I think people are really going stir crazy. I mean, if you look back at that time, I mean, remember how the back and forth was going. I mean, they decided to play the season. Uh, some teams played the season. Um, no fans in the stadium. But at the end of the day, people still felt like, okay, at least we can kind of watch. You know, it's not the same thing. It's not the same energy. It's not the same vibe. Uh, but yet, here we are. At least we have it. Uh, so for a lot of people, I just think it's just a great outlet. It's really a great way to just, like, be a part of something you wouldn't ordinarily be a part of, right? Um, but for me, you know, I, I look at sports totally different. I think on the outside looking in, it's not really about the energy and the emotion. I think sports is really important because it teaches you a lot of things, right? Um, and outside of sports, there's some things you go, okay, where could you really learn that? Like, where could you really learn the essence of teamwork? Where can you really learn, you know, how to be a strong leader? You know, so you look at things like the military, or you look at things like, okay, if I'm raised on a farm, but realistically, if you put it out to the universe, there's just not many places where you can go, okay, I can look at this one thing, and there's a lot of things going on that I can really learn from. Mm. So, I, so I, for me, that's the importance of sports. But outside of that, it's a means to an end. I think if we looked at it and we really took it for what it was worth, and we really took the life lessons from it, uh, I think the world's a much better place. Well, the irony to me is that sports, it brings people together that mm -hmm. wouldn't normally be together. Exactly. Right? It creates totally. this unit. It creates a team. It's just, it's phenomenal to see the synergy amongst people that could be complete strangers in a moment. I right. mean, literally just put the ball on the field and you right. got people together. Right. I think that when, when you look at sports, it's a great unifier. And I think that's another reason that people love it. Because, because I mean, think about, you know, one of the big ones is Jackie Robinson, right? So when, when you look at Jackie Robinson coming in and, 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 you know, doing what he did in baseball, once they realized that Jackie Robinson could really play, 
once they realized that, oh, he was the man, people kind of forgot. They kind of forgot, like, he's black. They kind of like, he wins pennants, right? Fans come. We're now bringing in groups of people that we would never bring in before to these games. Now it's starting to grow. So sports have always been kind of that, that barrier breaker. I mean, if you look at the 68 Olympics, uh, the things that went on there. Like, so sports, it seems to be that one place to where really it's about winning. It's about winning. And, and, and you know, and, and people on those teams then go back into their perspective lives, and maybe they don't communicate, maybe they don't talk, but when they're on the team, they're working together. So that's why I always say, you know, this thing between <clears> – <throat> Being divisive, you really have to actively work to stay divisive. Because sports have proven over and over again, you, you can bring people together from different countries, different nationalities. You put them on a team, you put a jersey on them, and there's an opposing team wearing a different jersey, and these people work together to try to win. So staying divisive, you have to actively work at staying divisive. You know, here in 2022, you know, still talking about racial tensions and all that stuff, you got to actively work at that to stay that way. Like, the same conversations that were, were held by, you know, 9-11, you know, actually was my grandfather's birthday, and he was born in 1906. So I'm thinking, you know, if he was alive, he would have been 116. But in my head, I go, today, I'm still having the same conversations about race relations and and rights and all that that my grandfather did. That's crazy, right? So you have to, in my opinion, have to really work to stay in that place. Because sports prove over and over again that when you want to win, when you want to be better, you draft different people, you, you bring in people. Yeah, like, you, you get your team into a position to be able to win. So, so you have to be really active and intentional about being divisive. So one of the things that, that really drives me nuts is being a fan. Like, I don't like watching football right. because I don't like not knowing what's really going on because it all feels like a show. Yeah. You know? so, uh, so I'm in this, uh, this play now, right? right. So uh, I get to see behind the scenes. It's completely changed my worldview of, of theater and what's really going on. Right. And the same thing with being an athlete. So when you see what's going on in the locker room, there's a story behind it. There's characters. There's so many different dynamics coming together. But as a fan, you're just watching a show. Right. And it just seems so superficial to me. And it drives me absolutely nuts. But all that to say, when you're not winning, you 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 oftentimes need to be willing to take a step back and, and figure out what's going on there. What is dividing you? Well, see, but that, that's the crazy part, right? I mean, what you just said is just so spot on. When you're a fan, all you're seeing is the product. That's all you're seeing is you're seeing this end product as a result of what happened during the week. But, but now we're trying to execute these things. And so as a fan, you're, you're talking about, well, why can't you do that? Why didn't they do that? You know, they should have thrown there. They should what they don't see is all of the preparation, mm -hmm. not only made by your team, but by the other team. Right. What they don't realize is it's not like your team get to walk out on the field or the basketball court or, or, or the diamond and dictate how this thing is going to go down. There's a variable. 
And that variable is just as good as yours. Right. That's the other part of sports that I think makes it incredibly unique is that on any given day, anyone can win. Mm-hmm. On any given day, any team, if execute right, if you do all the little things, you know, all the things that went on in practice, all the behind the scene things that you mm-hmm. just talked about, mm-hmm. if those things go right, you pull off what we call major upsets, right? Well, we talk about on any given day, uh, anyone or any team can win, but you don't hear on any given day anyone can lose. Which, which, which again, I mean, look, brother, see, this is what I love about when we get back in the lab because we, 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 we get to say some things that are so obvious to you and I, but a lot of people, they just don't think this way, right? Mm-hmm. You got to know that everybody prepares to win. No one prepares to lose. It's not like when you, when you are sitting through film studies and doing all the things that you, you you're not preparing like okay this thing may go wrong, you're always preparing for we're gonna win. So that's why a lot of teams can't handle losing, right? That's why a lot of people can't handle losing. They didn't factor it in, and that's why for me, I think the the best way to real to, to know that you're not gonna lose is to have a good attitude, good behavior, and give 100 percent effort. Because that's all you can do. Because there's always forces pushing against you. But I know that if I gave everything I had, I ain't lose. Regardless of what the scoreboard says, right, I didn't lose. I brought what I brought. Now, there are some lessons that hopefully I learned that now I can apply the next time, you know, when we go back to do what we do. So imagine if you did that in life, right? In life, that if you, if you looked at it as every day, for me, it truly is going to be game day. I'm going to take the right attitude, take the right behavior, give 100% effort, and guess what? Sometimes I'm going to get it exactly what I'm playing for, but other times I'm going to come up short. But that's okay if I can take that information and learn from it. Yeah, it's about what's happening around the situation, not always about the situation. What's really going on? Well, again, like, you know, let, let's take college football. I mean, because the, the thing that makes college football so unique, right, is you have all this alumni. You know, they attended certain universities. And, and, and so, again, to me, I think that's what makes the energy of college football so different uh, because people have these real relationships to where they attended that university. They want to see that university, you know, do well. And so you, you see a major upset like we saw a couple this weekend, right? So Appalachian State beats Texas A&M. Now, everybody will run around going, oh, what a, what a major upset. But not if you're Appalachian State. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. You yeah, understand what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, we belong there, yeah. It, 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 and that's what, I, that's what I talk about, about being prepared. Yeah. And that's what I talk about when, when you are prepared, you're confident. Yeah. And, and so if you're Appalachian State, what happens is you start hanging around and, and, and all of those things that your coaches told you that if we get these things right, we're going to be in this ball game and, and we, we can win this ball game. So, so as a player, right, as the game is unfolding and those things are starting to happen, you start believing more, right? You start going, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but if you're Texas A&M, everybody's like, this is an unranked team. We're supposed to blow them out. No one's even considered the possibility that you're going to lose this game, right? Yeah. Except for Appalachian State. That's right. 
So now as the game unfolds and I'm Texas A&M and I'm not winning by what I'm supposed to be winning and things aren't really going the way I want them to go, now all of those little things that we were supposed to do, we're not really doing, now I start to doubt. Mm -hmm. See, I start to doubt. The other team starts to go the other way. They start to go, oh, I believe, right? Yep. Yep. And then you get what you get. So that's the way the game of life is. Like, I believe that in the game of life, in the course of your day, adversity is going to show up. No matter who you are, it's going to show up at some point. I mean, for Jeff Bezos, adversity shows up. Right. Every day. And then you ha- it just boils down to, okay, what are you going to do? What's the attitude? What's the behavior? What's the effort? How are you going to bounce back from this? That's the beauty of what sports can really teach us, right? That went, 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 so, so I love when people go, oh, there's nothing like an underdog, but, but the underdog never thinks he's really an underdog. That's right, that's right. If he's being honest, yeah. he's like, I'm not practicing to lose. Yeah. That's, I've never seen a sports team that goes to practice every single day and then goes to compete, and they go to compete going, yeah, we're here to lose. <laughs> That's right. Now imagine again if you took that same mentality and you put yeah. it into your life. Yeah, but 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 don't you think that that is happening between the ears that that players step on the field? Yeah, we're here to lose. Totally. Yeah, they already feel like they lost before they step on the field. You've all, all you, the hey, you've heard me a million times say, look, the game is always played between your ears, right? I believe it's the same true with life. It's mm-hmm. a mentality. Yeah, you're only as good as you believe you are. And so there are people that step on going, I, I don't care who we play. No, I'm here to win. And then there's other people like, I'm just glad to have the jersey on. See, but that's a mental thing. That's, yeah. that's not a physical. Like, look, even the players that step on and mentally already have checked out going, hey, look, they're ranked six. We're not ranked. We're probably not going to win this game. From a physical perspective, they're ready. They're ready. They can run just as fast. They're just as strong. They can. They're. It's always between the ears. Mm-hmm. So, so for you, uh, sports are important. Yeah, yeah. I, I really. And again, but again, you got to understand. I look at sports totally different because I don't think sports is just a, a formal team. I think sports is working on a farm. I think sports is your family. See, I think that. We are, we are part of so many teams, but I think because people don't view them as teams, they think athleticism and being an athlete is a formal team. And, and that's why I talk about we're all athletes, playing the greatest game of all life. So for me, everything we do, it's a sport. This is it. And you're either going to participate or you're going to be a spectator. But I promise you, life's going to keep rolling. Yeah. It's going to keep going. And that's why it's important. It's important to realize and recognize that, you know what, I am a part of this team. If you have a family and you don't recognize that you are part of a team, you're in trouble. If you go to school and you don't recognize that you're part of a team sitting in a classroom with a teacher, with principals and administrators and other classmates, you're in trouble. Mm. See, to me, that, it's like, where else are you going to learn leadership? Where else are you going to learn sacrifice? Yeah. 
See, and again, I think that's how we keep missing the mark because we keep going, okay, we need that. We, we can only learn that through basketball. We, we, you know, we can only learn that through soccer. No. You should be learning it every day. Like by the time you actually get to your formal team, in my opinion, you should know what it's like to be a good teammate because you should have been a good teammate at home. Yeah. Hey, if you have older brothers or sisters, if you have siblings and you can't be a good sibling, come on now. How are you going to be a good teammate? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't even make sense. Hmm. Well, last week we talked about Serena and, and Venus. I mean, the, the, the sibling unity that, that was exhibit, you know, exhibited from her and just respect and appreciation. And, and I was watching uh, a, a game this weekend where there were parents of a player who's in college now, but his older brother's in the NFL. And when he was at uh, Etienne and uh, when he was at uh, Clemson, his parent, but you see his parents in the stands and they're not wearing the Clemson jersey. They're wearing the Gator jersey. <laughs> and I just looked at it and I was like, that's how you do it. Like you represent what's important to you in that moment. And what's important, you're representing a team, you're celebrating a team. And I don't know. I just thought that was cool to see. No, but it is. I, and, and again, I, I think you, I always say you can't you can't forget who brought you to the dance, man. Yeah. You just can't. That's why the foundation is so important, yeah. right? So if you have if you have parents that really pour a strong foundation in you to the bedrock, you, you you don't forget that when you go off with your life and do other things. Yeah. You know what I mean? So so for me, having a great collegiate experience, you know, not only academically, but with track and field, when I became one of the best in the world, I didn't forget about what happened to me collegiately in high school. Like, matter in the very first book that I wrote, the guy that I talk about as far as track and field is Coach Claude Simmons. Hmm. We used to call him Coachy. That was my high school coach. That was my high school. He coached me in football and basketball, but also track and field. He's the guy that taught me how to win. All three sports. All three sports. <laughs> but track and field was the deal. Like, yeah. like, dude, we didn't have a track at our school. Like, we ran on the road. We ran around a square block in which the softball field was right but we would run like down 301 and 90 beaver street on what we call the journey we ran up and down the side of a uh, man i don't think i think if you did it today he'd probably get fired i mean we we were running up and down the overpass on the side of it doing heel work but yet from seventh grade to twelfth grade, we were on six consecutive conference championships. Mm. Won it all my my senior year, with no track. So of course, when I'm running collegiately, and of course when I'm running internationally, I'm thinking about that because that was the real foundation. So I think you have to be able to take those things with you. I, if you're not taking those things with you, hey, we, we, we missing, man. Mm. We're not getting there. Yeah. But that's why understanding teams are important. Yeah. When you are born, you are part of a team. Hmm. In every phase of your life, 
there are some different teams that you are on, whether you recognize it or not, whether you want to be or not. Hey, you can't pick the family you're born into. So to me, if, if we're waiting to learn leadership and teamwork and sacrifice and all that to getting on a formal team, we're never going to get there. Because remember, less than 10% of all the people in the U.S. play a varsity-level sport in high school. Yeah. That's a fact, Jack. What comes to mind for me is, is just really enjoy the moment. Yes. Be extremely present. Be, like, perfectly present in the moment that you're in. See, you've been through some things. See, that's usually what happens when you go through some things. Hmm. You know, in his words, just keep living. <laughs> See, part of being able to enjoy the moment is you must first recognize the opportunity. You must appreciate and be grateful for the opportunity. So, in other words, we could actually enjoy the losses. Because you should be learning. It's not a loss if you learn. I mean, come on. To, to, to really, I mean, think of it this way. You know how, like, you got to know how arrogant you got to be to think that you're never going to lose. Hmm. To think that you really every day going to lace it up and go through life and nothing bad is going Like, bro, last time I checked, they crucified Christ. So to sit here and think that, oh, man, I, 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 I'm not losing. Really? You, you, so you think, you, so you're that good. So you're that good. At the end of the day, dude, it's only a loss if you don't learn. <laughs> that just, so, it just gives you so much confidence. There's, there's such a, a deep element of humility in all of this but also so much confidence building, so much strength building that, that comes from that. Because what you're saying is you can literally walk into any situation and do the opposite of what you said. Mean, you could come in and say, oh, I am going to win right. every single time. Right. Look, I, I remember that, you know, back in the day when I, when I was competing, I mean, Carl Lewis was ranked number one in the world in at least one event for, I don't know, it seemed like two decades. And most of the times he was ranked number one in the world in two or three events, you know, the 100, 200, the long jump. And I remember, you know, him one time in an interview saying, even when you beat me, you lose. And it's true. Mm. Because he's only going to learn from it. He's only going to, look, look, dude, I, I, I remember watching... <laughs> Watching this dude get beaten 100, Leroy Burrell breaks the world record, and it was at the 92 Olympic trials. And I remember saying, Carl's going to come back at the world championships and probably break it again. And he did. <laughs> so that's why I'm saying, like, you don't lose if you learn. So for me, every situation, bro, I'm just winning. Yeah. I'm winning because I'm going to come in with the right attitude. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to make the best decisions I can. And the efforts, brother, you're never going to catch me sleeping on effort. I, I'm bringing all I got. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hmm. So it's okay. If it goes my way every single time, I already know I'm not stretching. Hmm. I already know I'm not putting myself out there. Like now I know, okay, 
I've always said that when it gets to that moment to where I'm I'm winning like all the time, like then it's time for me to just walk away from it. Yeah. But but don't get distracted. You can't. I mean, that's that's but, but, so easy. But that's part of the learning. Yeah. See see mm, if you really want to learn, I mean, you stay focused. Yeah. You stay disciplined. Yeah. That's why the little things matter. So part money. of the learning is not just knowledge. It's, no. It's, it's really about honing your skills. It's the little things. See, that's the part of the learning. Yeah. Like most people never learn that. Like no, most people never learn to do the, do the little things. Be consistent. When you wake up, get out your bed, make it up. See, that, see that's part of the learning. That's the little thing right there. Yeah. Seems real little. But making the bed is an accomplishment. Yeah. It means you finished something. It means you got something right today. No matter what else happens, right? Yep, yep. So, so I want to start my day well, but I want to end it well, right? So if I want to end it well, then, then I'm going to start with my bed because then that's a little win. Then I'm going to just go ahead and try to eat these frogs. These things that I just I don't want to deal with, but I'm going to go ahead and get them off my plate. So then my day ends well mm. because it can only get better. But when I can't do the little things and when I allow little things to sit and fester and fester and fester, man, I'm not going to sleep well. So we say that, you know, uh, the most important game of all is, is the game of life. We talk about age is more than a number. And before the show, we were talking about people that find uh, an opportunity to do something later in life and experience yes. maybe a peak opportunity yes. that if they hadn't been willing to take this risk, it, it wouldn't have come. But, you know, you're on the other side of 50. Mm-hmm. I'm creeping up on 50. And I think to myself, man, I love the perspective that I'm like a good wine. I get better with age. Like I, I love the idea that things are, are getting better as I grow older. And I think when you're younger, you fail to realize – First of all, the, to have the appreciation for people that are older that have right. come before you and the respect and the value, the humility of that, you, you tend to think that you're better than them. Yes. And then on the other side of it, you can look back in the, in the rearview mirror with regret, with doubt, with fear that you're not going to have the value that you think you should have right. because you put all in all this work. Talk to us about that, Coach. Well, see, I think I think the crazy thing is, as you get older, your perspective change. I, I think a big part of that is is now you you do have a lot of losses under your belt. Hopefully, you have some wins under your belt. Uh, so your perspective starts to shift. The the beautiful thing about once you reach that fifty mark, at least it was for me, is you start to realize that you have more behind you than you have in front of you, and you really you really get this sense of legacy. You really get this sense of what am I leaving behind? Like, what, what, you know, what do I want people to remember, right? Um, but the other part of it is, a lot of times I think people, like, like, like now, as you said, you're approaching 50 and you're starting to get this greater appreciation. I think one of, one of the best ways to recognize it a little bit earlier is to get a mentor. That's why I always say when you're young, y- y- you need to get around some people that's doing it and have done it. I've, I've always been what they call, I guess, an old soul. Uh, for me, 
there's there was nothing better than sitting with my grandfather or 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 my uncle um or there's people in the neighborhood this guy we used to call uncle bubba his name was actually lucius priester he lived right across the street from us uh he was married but didn't have kids and and i'd sit on the sit on the, the rocking chair out there with him and but these were guys that first of all bro they they lived history you know, I'm reading history and learning about it, but, you know, my grandfather was born in 1906, you know what I mean? And, and these were a lot of his friends um, who worked on the railroad with him. And so when you sit around and you start to get that kind of information and, and you really start to listen, that changes your perspective. So for me, I feel like I had like this huge head start because I was just an old soul. I was just one of those guys that really liked it. But I think for most of us, we're the opposite of that. When we're young, we have all this energy and we think, you know, we think it hasn't been done before. We, we, we act like our parents and, and people that are older than our parents, like they weren't young. We act like they didn't have to go through some stuff. <laughs> and then a funny thing happens, this thing I call life, and it starts coming and there's a lot of adversity and, and, and you can't hit the curveballs. And all of a sudden you, you find that your parents are really smart you find that your grandparents are really smart, right? And so your perspective changes. Whereas if you would just enjoy that part of the ride early, you know, that part of getting a mentor. See, a mentor is a long-term thing. You know, coach is usually a short-term thing. The crazy thing about a mentor is there's really no qualifications. You know, there's no certifications, really. It's usually just people that's been there, done it, who's willing to give back. And they're willing to take this ride with you for a long time. Because when you're going through adversity, when you're in those low points and, and you have a person who's like, yeah, bro, you, you, you live in my life, mm. you know, they're able to help you with some stepping stones. Um, that's the beautiful part about writing this new book that I'm writing, uh, especially, you know, with coaching and mentoring and, and, and how they're really different, first of all, yeah. and, and, and how to create this legacy out of leadership. Mm. That's what I really love. Like, like I tell people, like when we do these shows, this is really like more therapy for me, mm -hmm. and hopefully it helps other people. It's the same thing when I write my books. Yeah. When I write my books, is really just kind of for me, like yeah. my therapy, my thing, and then hopefully it can translate and help somebody walk through some stuff. So that's why as you get older, I think your perspective really changes, mm -hmm. just because you've been through some stuff, bro. Yeah, you can see some things, oh. and you want to paint the picture for other people as you're going. Well, I tell people all the time, think about it. Most millionaires happen after 50. Mm -hmm. I mean, because if it happens before that, you usually lose all the money. Because mm. you're just young. You're just yeah. doing stuff. You yeah. haven't lived. You, you, you think, look, yeah, you think, look yeah. first of all, I need 20 cars. Well, you don't realize 20 different insurances come with that. I need eight houses. Okay, well, you're going to have to pay. Like, <laughs> but as you get older, right, you start to go, okay, we need to do this. And, we, and the things that you used to think were so important. You're not realized, no, it's not. And I think you get a better understanding of one of the things that you said, you know, with, with acting, right? People are going to come to the play. They're going to see the finished product. But you have had firsthand knowledge of all the things that went on behind the scenes, right? Yep. So I think, again, with age, that's what happens. You've lived that behind the scene. Yeah. And, and, you, and you start to realize that now when people see you and look at you and you're getting better and, and you're winning and you're finishing some things. They look at you and go, oh, man, I want to do that. They haven't seen the behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. They haven't lived that part of it, yeah. right? Yeah. And, I'll, and I always say that's what makes 
being a professional athlete, it's it's I think it's a gift, yeah. but I also think it's a curse. The gift of it is you get to do something that you really love, right? But the curse is that people see you do it and they think you were born that way. Yeah. Yeah, they just think, yeah, they think, ah, oh, Serena could always play like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, look at her body. Yeah. Like, she just woke up one day and God just said, okay, we're just going to make you just like that. That's right. Like, yeah. she weren't in the gym. I mean, she didn't have a dad having her at the courts at five in the morning. Like, yeah. they don't see any of that stuff. Yeah. And that's the real reality of it, right? So it's like, that's why we need to, like, start recognizing these teams that we're on. Yeah. And really, what kind of effort are we putting into these teams? Yeah. And what's our attitude toward these teams and our behavior toward – I mean, like – what's the end goal? What are you playing for? Why, why? So we started the show with, are sports important? Why yeah. do we have sports? And, 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 you know, you and I were talking about, do we even need sports? Like, what, what? Let me ask you this. What would happen – if sports went away completely. What if we didn't have sports? Here's what I think would happen. What I would think would happen is, just like over, over you know, since the beginning of time, people will evolve and find something else, right, to do with that time. But the reality is right now, if you took away sports, the immediate outcome would be people would lose their minds. Because, again, having sports allow you to be distracted. Now, all of a sudden, you're no longer distracted. So sports kind of expose us. If you took them away, it would expose us. It would expose us for what we haven't been doing, what we've been neglecting, what we've been taking for granted, right? So if I took that away, now you have all that time. So what are you doing with that time? What are you doing on the teams that you're on? How are you as a parent? How are you as, as a sibling? How are you as an uncle? How are you as a coworker? See, to me, that, that's what would happen. Yeah. So, like, right now, in, in, in all the workplaces across America, think about Monday morning right now. Mm. There's a whole lot of people standing around the water cooler if they're back in the office, right? Right. If they're working from home, they're sending some texts back and forth right. about, about the results <laughs> of what happened opening day of the NFL. Right. Right or wrong, right? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what's going on. Yeah, just, just trying to connect. Just trying to connect, Coach. So imagine if you took all of that energy and you were connecting with people about what's going on in your own life yeah. to make yourself better. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so much of this is not being willing to take the time to do the internal work. But isn't that the foundation of it all? And that's where it should be. It should always be about... How pre prepared are you to succeed? Yeah. See, that's what I always think. I always think that everybody wants to be successful. Yeah. But are you prepared to be successful? Yeah. Do you have the will to prepare? Because, see, that's the hard part. Yeah. Yeah, it's easy to put on a uniform and run out and do whatever. But, but I always go safety first. Yeah. And, and that's not only playing sports. That's just, all, that's just in life for me. So, you know, I work out. You know, try to be as healthy as I can because at the end of the day, I don't want to fall, man. Yeah. Like, like first, I'm way over 50 now, brother. And, and, and I'm telling you, I, I'm not trying to slip and fall. <laughs> I feel like I'm a strong dude, but something yeah. may break. Yeah. Yeah. But and, you, and, got, and you got to prepare not, for that. 
you're not trying to slip and fall when you're 90, no. creeping up on 100. So, yeah, yeah. so I can't wait till I get 70, 80, or 90 if mm. God blesses me to live that long. And then, oh, now I better start taking care of myself. Mm. But it goes back to the same thing about organized sports. Mm. That's why I'm big on fitness. Because when you are fit, when you are strong, when you have a strong core, when, you know, when you're doing things to strengthen your neck and, and you understand how the body mechanics and all works, you're less likely to get injured. And if you do get injured, you're more likely to come back 100%. But you got to do that on the front end, bro. And you, you can't get into it and then do it. So I think for a lot of us, it's just that discipline of preparing. I mean, to, to really be prepared. It, it's just like school. The discipline of showing up to school on time, if you have homework, have it completed, to, to make sure you have all the things you need to be able to take notes for what the teachers say, to really study, to really be prepared. Because let's be real, man, the test is nothing more than I'm just trying to see what you know. And the more prepared you are, the more confident you are. Yeah. And give yourself permission to win. I mean, we're talking about when you step on the field. I, I think about that when I wake up in the morning. You, know, you put your feet on the ground. Where's your head at? You know, are you working from a place of doubt or a place of belief? Not only, you know, and, and what you just said is so spot on. It's just not, you know, is my head really in the game? Yeah. Man, if, if, when you wake up, man, like I told you, you know, everyone that's listened to our show know my two, my two go-tos, grateful and obedient. So when the feet hit the floor, Man, are you grateful? Are you obedient? Is your head in the game? Yeah. Is this really a day you're ready to take on? Yeah. And what do you want the outcome of it to be? Yeah. So for me, that's that's why the, the, the game day, you know, analogy is so important for me because I'm just trying to stack up a bunch of great days, mm. one right behind the other. And, and one thing that I know, a question you answer, two questions that you answer that, that is kind of like part of the human condition we ask ourselves, is it worth it? Is, is, is the use of my energy, it's, it's almost primal in the sense, you know, right. like if I'm gonna chase a rabbit, and it, right. it takes 450 yeah. calories right. to chase it, right. and I only get 100, right. whatever. Like from a very natural base level, there's that. And then there's also just this almost emotional, spiritual level of, am I worth it? But I know you answer those questions early and repetitively all the time like look i think one of the things uh, one of the keys for me has always been talking myself into my dreams you gotta talk yourself into your dreams man you can't talk yourself out of it like when things start to go wrong what do you start doing talking yourself out of it well i didn't want to do it anyway well it must not be here's one of my pet peeves when you have a goal and you're going after the goal and it doesn't work out or things start to go bad, man, I can't stand when someone goes, well, God didn't want me to have it. What? Like, like, cause he, cause he ain't got nothing better to do than to sit around and worry about what you happen. Come on now. You got to know that you're worth it. And the reason that you're worth it is because you're the key to someone else achieving what they supposed to achieve. Because somebody's got to build a bridge, brother. 
how, how we going to cross over to the other side? Most of us don't have boats, can't pilot a boat. We need a bridge. Every time I cross the intercoastal to the beach, always laugh. I pointed this out to someone. I go, you do realize that the beach is an island. And people are like, no, it's not. If you remove the three bridges that come across that intercoastal, you got to swim. You're going to have to swim. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah, 100%. So see, somebody yeah. had the foresight to go, we need to build a bridge. Yeah. We need to build a bridge. Yeah. It's the only way you can make a community. <laughs> it's, you know, do you want to enjoy life? That's, that's one reason. Why not? <laughs> I mean, because you could just stay on this side. Yeah. But, but there's, a whole, there's a whole other world out there. Yeah, yeah. If you just cross over. The, the beautiful experiences that we have in this life. Or because somebody built a bridge. All of them. That's it. So call it selfish, but keep building bridges you, you, so you can keep enjoying life. Because if we stop building bridges, brother, we stuck like Chuck. <laughs> yeah. We're just going to be where we are. And my thing is, some of us are not meant to be here. We're meant to be somewhere else. So we got to cross the bridge to go there. Mm. We're not supposed to lead here. We're supposed to lead over there. Yeah. We're supposed to enlighten over there. Yeah. Is that Mars? Yeah. What's over there? Coach? Could be, brother. You know what I mean? <laughs> it could be. I mean, we're answering some big questions today, so we might as well answer that. Yeah, I mean, you know, hey, hey, look, somebody got to go there, as they would say, right? That's right. That's right. Oh, a new segment that we're doing each week, Coach's Quick Tips. What does it take to be fast? What's your quick tip on how to be fast as an athlete? The, the, the first thing I would say is you must remember you run with your arms, not your legs. And every time I say that, people are like, what? To be fast, it's all arms. That's why when you look at sprinters, we, we have these upper bodies, you know, core, rock side. The, the legs get a workout every time you walk, right? But running fast is about what you do with your arms. That's the tip. I just, I just pictured little four or five-year-olds who run with their arms. All over naturally. the place. You, you, you think, like, like I know for me, like I get a lot of calls about, you know, helping student athletes be better athletes. And I almost always get the call when the kid is about 12, 13. And I always know, yeah, your kid probably just grew four or five inches in about five months. So now they got arms and legs everywhere. They don't know what to do with it. And they look horrible. And, and it's like, yeah, my kid used to be like one of the fastest kids. Now they're one of the slowest kids. Because you run with your arms. See, your kid never learned how to run. See, sometimes the thing that you're trying to do, you know, you, you think it's about that thing. So running, you would think, oh, my legs got to be better. No, it's actually your arms. <laughs> so that's your tip. That's strong, Coach. That's strong. I picture Jacob Young. Uh, oh. I remember watching walking out on the field over here in PV and watching him run. Yeah. I mean, he was running 100-yard dashes back and forth over and over again. And, um, but, man, his arms were moving. And and and, yeah. and and literally looked like he wasn't running. 
Yeah. He just yeah. looked very smooth. And, yeah. and, and, you know, as a result of that, he scored 110 runs and 50 stolen bases, you know, for the, for the Fred Nats, for the Washington's uh, team. You know, that, that's what happened. Speed, brother. They're going to pay good money for that, too. He's just going to keep running fast. <laughs> Cover a lot of topics today. It was yes. great. It was Appreciate good. Appreciate you. This was an awesome show. What I want to encourage everyone to do this week is when you get up, decide what you want your day to be like. I want you to make that decision. So we'll start there. Just you know, My grandfather used to say, he, he, he take, when first took me fishing, right? He said, today I'm going to teach you how to cast. Next week, I'll let you bait up. So this week, I just want you to decide what you want your day to be. And you know, maybe next week we'll talk about how to make it that. You feel me? But right now, I want you to make a decision because it's in the mind. So I need you to get your mind in the right place. Here's what I want, my day. This, this is this is what I want. Well, I'm Greg Dorsey with Almond Gunner. It's the Almond Gunner Experience. Age, cute baby. You know it. That's how we do it. Hey, thank you guys for tuning in. You know we're gonna catch you next week. Every day is game day. Come on.